going to uh, be going to several places as we continue our Bible study, uh, as we look at our responsibilities as Christians one to another. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 is where we're going to start at tonight, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And uh, we are going to uh, go to the next letter. We've kind of been going, if you've been noticing, as we've been teaching through these alphabetically. And uh, we're going to move on to the letter E. And uh, we're going to look at, uh, I don't know if we'll have time or not. I'd like to maybe try to cover two, but we'll see how that goes. But uh, we're going to at least for sure get to the first one here. So 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. If you find your place, stand with me together as we read the Bible here. I'm going to uh, read um, beginning in verse 9. We'll read down through verse 11. The Bible says this, For God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with Him. By the way, think about what that's saying there. Whether we wake, that means whether we're alive or whether we sleep or whether we're dead. Guess what? Either way, we're living. Amen? And uh, we should live together with Him. Look at verse 11. Wherefore, comfort yourselves, uh, wherefore, comfort yourselves together, and here's the E word, and edify one another, even as also ye do. Let's pray. Lord, we love you tonight. We thank you for the opportunity to be in your house, around your people, singing your praises. And now as we turn our attention to your word, I pray you'd speak to us and help us, Lord, as we uh, open your word and look at some passages that will uh, help us understand our responsibilities one to another and uh, bless us and speak to us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Edify one another. Now that word edify, uh, if you look up the meaning, uh, it gives the idea to be a house builder. Uh, It means to build up. And what Paul is uh, teaching here, of course, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, and uh, we're going to look at several places in the Bible tonight where we see that word edify. But uh, the, the, the crux of that uh, means that as Christians, we ought to be building up one another. Amen? By the way, not demolishing one another. Not tearing each other down, but building up one another. Uh, go, if you will, to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. And uh, we're going to be, again, using our Bibles quite a bit. And it is Thursday night Bible study. Amen? And so I love hearing those pages turn. And so, but 1 Corinthians chapter 3. And uh, look, if you will, uh, at verse 9. Verse 9. For we are laborers together with God. Ye are God's husbandry, ye are God's building. Now look at verse 10 and 11. According to the grace of God, which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, another buildeth thereupon, but let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. For other foundation can no man lay that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. And what Paul's describing himself here, he's describing his ministry. And again, you notice this all throughout the Scripture. Jesus did it through the Gospels. Paul does it all throughout the New Testament. Uses these illustrations of what the Christian life is about. And I like what he says here, that uh, he is a wise master builder. Meaning, he's a master craftsman at his trade. And he wasn't talking about tent making, although Paul 
did that physically to supplement his income. He's talking about the, the, uh, the spiritual building that God had called him to do as an apostle. And notice what he says, that he has laid the foundation. And that, of course, is the foundation. We know what that is. Verse 11, amen, uh, is Jesus Christ. And by the way, that's the only foundation which someone's going to build something solid upon spiritually, amen, is Jesus Christ. Anything else, as we sing about on Sunday morning, is nothing but sand, amen? Jesus Christ is the only true foundation. By the way, let me say this, not just the name Jesus Christ, but the true Jesus Christ of the Bible. Because there's a lot of, as the Bible says, antichrist out there. And you know what? Remember something. Just because someone says Jesus doesn't necessarily mean they're talking about the Jesus of the Bible. We need to see if if the Jesus they're talking about matches up with the one that the Bible says He is. But Paul laid that foundation, and of course talking about winning these people to Christ, uh, helping them begin to grow in the Lord. But notice what he says, and another buildeth thereon. Now, Paul, yes, he, God used him to start these churches, but he didn't pastor all these churches, okay? He would help start, he would come be a blessing, then he'd move on, and he would do that all over uh, when God called him on his different missionary journeys. But there were other people there that were pastoring, that were helping these churches. So when he says, another buildeth thereupon, but then notice what he says, the last bit of warning, if you will, at the end of verse 10, but let every man... Take heed how he buildeth thereon. That means this. Listen, what you're dealing with is important. It's God's work. Amen? And when you're dealing with the church, you're dealing with God's people, and God loves His kids. Amen? So you got to be careful how you deal with other Christians and how that you help them build themselves spiritually. And that's what we're talking about when we talk about the word edify. Edify. Now, uh, there's different ways to edify. But the primary way we see uh, that uh, is the form of edification is through teaching and instruction of the Word of God. And it gives the idea of helping someone build themselves up in their Christian life. And truth be told, it goes back to the threefold part of the Great Commission. Amen? I mean, the first part of the Great Commission is to teach them the gospel. But after we teach them the gospel, it doesn't stop there. Then we're to baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And then the Bible says teaching them to observe all things. That's a form of edification. Helping build themselves up in their Christian life. And so we're to help edify uh, through Bible teaching. Amen? Uh, of course, we uh, also edify through the our, our, our example that we set uh, so that folks can see us and how, how we emulate the things of the Lord. That's why Paul also said, follow me as I follow Christ. What was he saying? My life is an example to you on how it is you ought to be building your Christian lives. Let me just say this, church. All of our lives as Christians, we ought to get to the point where we're an example of what to do, not, not an example of what not to do. By the way, you're, you're some kind of example as a Christian. Sure you are. You're either an example of how to follow Christ or you're an example of, of what not to do to follow Christ. But we're all examples, amen? We're all to be involved in this idea of edification. Now let's look at some passages here and uh, kind of get more in-depth to it. Romans chapter 14, let's go there. Romans chapter 14, and we're just going to follow a path through the, through the New Testament and follow that word edify, edification, and look at the Bible principles attached to it, alright? Uh, Romans chapter 14, let's look at verse 19. Romans chapter 14, verse 19. Notice what it says here. Let us, again, who's the us here? Christians, amen. Let us, therefore, 
follow after the things which make for peace and things wherewith one may edify one another. And uh, so what he's saying here is, listen, the things as Christians that we ought to be going after, we ought to be seeking after, we ought to be following after, are the things which make for peace. And again, we're talking about, uh, when you look up that word peace, and, and Jesus alluded to this in Matthew chapter 5 when he said, blessed are the peacemakers. Amen? And listen, folks, as Christians, we ought to be about the peace business, alright? And, uh, and I'm not talking about, hey man, let's get groovy type stuff, alright? Not that kind of peace, but the true peace that only comes through Jesus Christ. By the way, remember this. When you get saved, the Bible says that uh, we have peace with God. Amen? Aren't you thankful for that? That once we get saved, we have peace with God. By the way, before we were, we were saved, we didn't have peace with God. The Bible says we were enemies of God. Right, We were separated from God. But when you get saved, you now have peace with God. And that's why when a person first gets saved, and man, you see, you can see it in their eyes. You can see the burden lifted. You can, there's, there's a noticeable difference in their soul. You know why? Because the peace comes because they have peace with God. But you know what? That's not the only type of peace the Bible talks about. The Bible also talks about the peace of God. And by the way, you know what the peace of God is about? It's about obedience. Amen? And you know what, that's why sometimes people get saved and they seem to, you know, get it, if you will, for a little bit. Then all of a sudden they seem to fizzle out. They seem to, you know, uh, not, not lose the excitement, lose the fire, lose the drive. Why is that? Well, you know what, because we have an enemy, that's why. And you know what, they, ha- they still have peace with God because their eternal soul settled, but they don't have the peace of God. Because the peace of God is based upon our obedience. And as Christians, what we ought to be doing is following after peace in our own lives. But then we're talking about edification, building up, helping that others find that kind of peace. Amen? And that's why as Christians, we ought to be there to help encourage one another, help build one another up, help trying to uh, get a, uh, within our relationships with fellow brothers and sisters, try to get them to be closer with the Lord. Amen? And again, we're talking about doing this within the right spirit. We're not talking about having a, a uh, condescending, pharisaical attitude. By the way, it does mean, you know what, sometimes that means tough love, right? By the way, remember this, folks. A person who truly loves you doesn't tell you what you want to hear. They tell you what you need to hear. Amen? And by the way, guess what happens in the process of building, right? Hammers have to be swung. Okay? I mean, hey, when we're out there trying to get this apartment ready, and we're out there, you know, we're banging on stuff, right? When you bang on some boards, you make some dents. My fingers and and, and hands got all kinds of nicks in them. You know why? Because we've been building. That's why. Amen? And sometimes there's some tough love that comes along with edification. But you know what? That's what we need to be doing for one another. Uh, Let's uh, look at another verse here. Romans chapter 15. Next page over. And uh, let's look at verse 12. Romans chapter 12. I'm sorry. Romans chapter 15. I said verse 12. Verse 2. Verse 2. We'll read the first verse. Verse 1. We then that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak and not to please ourselves. Again, that's a mark of a spiritual Christian. Amen? Uh, We that are strong. By the way, we've been preaching about it on Sunday morning. You know what that means? God expects for us as Christians to be strong. 
Strong. Listen, you ought to be strong in your faith. Amen? Understand, there's times when we all may uh, not get it right all the time. But listen to me. Hey, listen, church. We ought to be winning more than we're losing. You're going to hear me say that a lot this year. Amen? Because we're talking about victory. We're talking about overcoming. We as Christians ought to be strong in our faith. Now, why is that? Is it for our own personal benefit? Absolutely. But it's not just about us. It's about those God's called for us to edify. We then are strong. Uh, ought to what? Bear the infirmities of the weak and not to please ourselves. You know what he's saying there? The Christian life is not about us. Amen? It's not about what we want, what we get out of it. That's not what it's about. By the way, you know what you find out in the Christian life? And we're going to talk about this on Sunday. I'm not going to uh, steal my sermon from Sunday morning. I was working on that today too, so it's all in the head up here. Amen? But let me tell you, God has set it up in such a way where as a Christian, you're only going to find peace, you're only going to find fulfillment when you're involved in helping and serving other people. Amen? Now look at verse 2. Let every one of us, notice this, please His self, yes or no? No. Let every one of us please His neighbor. Man, man, the Bible's hard to live up to sometime. Amen? For let every one of us please his neighbor for his good to edification. Amen? And so what we're, what he's trying to say here is that if you're spiritually strong, you're going to help bear the infirmities of the weak. You're going to uh, help other people what's best for them first, not what's best for us. And by doing that, you know what you're going to be doing? Edifying. You're going to be building up. You're going to be helping. Amen? All right, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, go there. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. I like doing this. I like studying the Bible this way. Uh, uh, picking out a phrase, picking out a word, chasing it through the Bible, figuring out the Bible principles behind it. And this is just uh, a good, uh, what the Bible says, studying to show ourselves approved. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, uh, verse 23. Notice what he says here. It says this, And all things are lawful for me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but all things edify not. Let no man seek his own, but every man another's wealth. Man, there you go. There's that, there's that whole others thing again. Don't you kind of notice the pattern all through the Scripture? Now what's interesting about this is if you back up and read the previous verses, you get the context of what was talking about here, and you see the principle about edification. Uh, you go back and you read, and, and you uh, uh, start talking about, uh, or the Bible starts talking about, of how that, you know, by now, there's not just saved Jews, there's saved Gentiles. And the church is a mix of the Jews and the Gentiles. And uh, what you find out is that the Jews still like trying to bring some of the Jewish customs into the church, and they started looking down on people who weren't following Jewish custom, thinking that they weren't saved or truly a follower of Jesus Christ if they didn't do everything that the Jews did. Remember this, folks, uh, the, the book of Acts, and as Paul was uh, the, the first century church, it was transitioning out of Judaism into Christianity. That's why a lot of these things are dealt with in the Scripture, dealing with these types of things. But what you see here is that the Jews were having issues with the Gentiles uh, eating certain kind of meats, okay? Because some of the meats were sacrificed to idols, 
All right, And they were thinking that, well, if they're eating these meat sacrificed to idols, they can't be saved. That's what they were saying. But what's interesting, let's keep reading down here and explains it a little bit. All right, Look at verse 25. Whatsoever is sold in the shambles. All right, Let me tell you what that word shambles means. It's a word that we all like. Uh, you could substitute that for the wigs, right? All right? Or Odin Locker. You know what that means? The meat market. That's what it's talking about. Whatsoever is sold in the shambles of the meat market, that eat. Asking no question for conscience sake. For the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. If any man uh, of them that believe not bid you to a feast and you be disposed to go, whatsoever set before you eat, asking no question for conscience sake. But if any man say unto you, this is offered in sacrifice unto idols, eat not for his sake that showed it, and for conscience sake, earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. So here's what he's saying, all right? He says, listen, all right, it doesn't matter to God uh, the, the the meat or where it comes from. I mean, if you if you're if you're not trying to you know figure this out, you just go and you buy meat and you eat it for conscience' sake. Eat it, all right. Don't don't be making a big deal out of something that's not really a big big a big deal to God. But if you do know that it was sacrificed to idols and you're with a brother that is going to offend the brother, and you know they have a problem with it, that's why he says this, some things don't do for the purpose of edification. Because you know what? It, it tears somebody down. Alright, I'll give you an example. Okay, uh, There's a certain preacher that uh, has preached at this church before. And this preacher, uh, before he came, uh, asked me, he says, Pastor, if you don't mind, my wife and I would prefer not to eat at a restaurant on Sunday. It's the Lord's Day, and we just don't like to eat at restaurants on Sunday. And you know what? I, I said to him, no problem, brother. We'll take you back to the house. We'll feed you there. No problem whatsoever. Okay? Now, I personally don't think it's a sin to eat at a restaurant on Sunday. Okay, a lot of times when we have missionaries and guests through, we take them out to eat on Sundays. I don't think that's a sin. But you know what? To that brother, he preferred not to do it. So you know what? I'm going to, I'm not going to say, you know what, brother? You can just fend for yourself because that's a stupid thing to believe. Now, I mean, how wise would that be on my part? Would that be edifying or would that be tearing down? Okay? And so, you know, some things, folks, listen to me. It's not a matter of, uh, of whether it's sinful. What is best? Right? I mean, we need to stop. We need to start. How about this? Here's this question, all right? Uh, you, you, you'll hear some Christians say, well, what's wrong with that? Trying to justify a certain thing. Hey, here, how about this question? What's right with that? How come we don't ask that? Right? And listen to me. I mean, let me just say this. Me having a relationship with a fellow brother or sister, okay, is more important than eating at a restaurant on Sunday or not eating at a restaurant or whatever the situation may be. Okay, within reason. Okay, and so that's what he's trying to say here. And what he's saying is, listen, the point is edifying. That's more important than stuff that really doesn't matter. Amen. And so, what a uh, what a wonderful truth here when it comes to edification. All right, flip over. First Corinthians chapter fourteen. First Corinthians chapter fourteen, verse three. All right, let's again, let's back it up a couple verses, read the context of it so we can understand the principle. Notice what he says here, verse 1 of 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Follow after charity. Of course, charity, is that what the theme is of the guy that's dating charity now? Follow after. I bet that's his life verse right there, isn't it? Follow after charity, all right? And Brother Dave's like, you better not be following after charity, amen? Follow after charity and desire spiritual gifts but rather that ye may prophesy. 
For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God. For no man understandeth him, howbeit in the Spirit he speaketh mysteries. But he that prophesieth speaketh unto men, to, notice this, to edification and exhortation and comfort. All right? Now, you know what he's saying here? You know what the emphasis ought to be on being able to preach? And teach the word of God. That's what that's what that's what he's talking about here. Follow after true biblical love. Desire spiritual gifts, or desire for God to use you in a spiritual way. All right. But you know what? The, the and, we, and we see this as you read through this. He puts the emphasis on prophesying, or would be preaching and teaching the word of God. That's what he puts the emphasis on. Amen. Why is that? Because he that verse three prophesieth speaketh unto men to what? To edification, to build them up. And folks, let me just say this. The point in teaching and preaching the Bible, all right, whether that is from a pulpit, from a Sunday school class, whether it's you parents teaching it to your children at home, whether it's like a Bible study, like ladies you had this week and men we have on our, on our four Tuesday night, whatever it is, the point of those is to build up. Amen? That's the point. Alright? And the church of Corinth was getting all this thing all whacked out about this thing called tongues. And I'm not even going to get into that tonight, but uh, uh, the Bible uh, very de- clearly defines what tongues is, and tongues simply means a language is what it means. And I'll teach about that some other time, but the church was getting that all backwards, all messed up, and you know what they were getting away from? What the main thing should have been, and that was preaching and prophesying, and because that's what edifies, amen? That's what builds up. And so that's important. That, By the way, that's why the emphasis of White River Baptist Church has always been and will always be on the preaching and teaching of the Word of God. Without apology, that's what this place is about. Amen? That's why we don't substitute other things with the preaching. Right? I mean, even if we're going to have, like we did that one time where we had the work day and we did that, guess what we still had? We still had a preaching service. It may have been a little shortened a little bit, but we still had some preaching. Amen? Because that's what the emphasis of the church ought to be about. Amen? Listen, social programs aren't changing lives. Right? I'm not against social programs, but that's not what changes people. Amen? It's the preaching of the Word of God. That's how God demonstrates His power through preaching. Someone came by the church today and they were uh, uh, called and asked about uh, meeting with me and, and talking with me about a community social program. And by the way, I don't have a problem with that stuff. I mean, I'm thankful there's people out there that's trying to help people better themselves Okay, and they came and spoke with me about it, and he was uh, asking me about our church and and what it is that we do and how that we do it. And uh, I'm sorry, for, I, actually, I'm not sorry. I don't apologize for this. But when I start talking about our church, I start getting a little excited. Amen. And I start talking about what God's doing here and God's how helping people, God's changing people, and and how that uh, He's like, well, it seems like a lot of churches in our community are dying. He's like, well, what's going on here? I've been seeing this thing come up from the ground up. Something's going on here. And I was, I was explaining to him, well, you know what? It's God. It's God's here. God's moving. God's working. And here's what he said to me. He says, you know what? I've talked to a lot of pastors. And he says, I sense, and I'm not saying this to brag on me. I'm saying this to brag on God. Here's what he says. He says, you know what? You got something they don't have. You have some kind of power I haven't seen in a lot of other pastors. He says, power's coming out of you. Now listen, folks. It's not me. It's God. And by the way, you know what? That same kind of power ought to be flowing through all of us to all the people in the community we're trying to be a testimony to. 
It ought to flow through all of us. The power of the Holy Spirit is not just available for preachers and teachers and missionaries. It's available for every single Christian. And the people at your workplace ought to be saying that about you. Amen? Right? There ought to be something different about us. Why? Because we do have a power source inside of us. It's the Spirit of God. Amen? And that's the point of the church. That's what's changing people around here. It's not my personality. It's the preaching and teaching of the Word of God. Amen? And it's the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's why as Christians, we've got to do everything we can to keep that environment around here. Amen? And we've got to work hard at it because Satan hates it. Right? And we've got to keep working. Why? So that God can continue to use us to edify, to build up. Alright? 2 Corinthians. Uh, we were in 2 Corinthians chapter 14. Uh, let's go over now uh, to uh, Ephesians chapter 4. Just a couple more places and we'll close out. We're not going to make it to the other E. <laughs> I didn't figure we would, but uh, it was worth a shot, I guess. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 4. Let's look at uh, verse 12. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 12. Okay, and again, I, I keep going to the verse that I have written down with the word edifications in it. Let's back it up a couple verses because I want you to see the context. The context. Verse 11, talking about the church here. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. Talking about those that he's called to ministry. Why? Here it is, verse 12. For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry. You ready? For the edifying of the body of Christ. So you know why God has called men in the ministry and people in the ministry? So the body of Christ can be built up. Amen? Can be built up. So the body of Christ can be what it ought to be. And again, sometimes that means that in order to build up, there's got to be some banging. There's got to be some hammering. There's got to be some drilling. There's got to be some, you know, uh, uh, at some point, some demolition before the building can be what it ought to be. Amen? And that's the point of, the, of those in the ministry. And that's why we have a spring uh, preaching conference. That's why we have evangelists come through here throughout the year. That's why we have different preachers come uh, through the church throughout the year. Why? For the perfecting of the saints, for the maturing of the saints, what that, that word means, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Because let's just remember what this thing's about, folks. Amen? Again, it's not about necessarily our agenda as individuals. It's about the good of the body of Christ. Amen? Because we're the bride of Christ. And God wants His His bride, He wants His body to be in pretty good shape. And you know what? We ought to be. Amen? What a wonderful thing to be a part of. And then let's go to um, uh, verse uh, verse 16. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 16. For... Uh, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working and the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body uh, to the edifying of itself in love. Now, those, those are a bunch of, uh, you know, uh, bigger words, if you will. But basically what he's saying here is that the body of Christ, the purpose of preaching, the purpose of, 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 of prophesying and all that stuff, is so the body can work together how it's supposed to work. And again, I'm, I'm going to go a little bit this direction on Sunday, so I'm not going to uh, uh, preach the whole message I'm going to preach on Sunday. But the point of the body of Christ working together in harmony is so that there can be edification. Amen? By the way, what is it as Christians? What are we trying to build up? Are we trying to build up a name for ourselves? Or are we trying to build the kingdom of God? Amen? 
That's what we're to be involved in building. I mean, God left us here for a reason, left us here for His purpose. We're to be helping as Christ, as His instruments to build His church. Amen? And His plan is to work through His people to build His church. Now, He's the one that does it. Amen? We're just the tool in the hand of the Master. By the way, I like being in the Master's hand. Amen? He sure knows how to fashion things way better than I do. Amen? We're the tools in the hand of the Master. But the point is so that we can be, as the Bible says, meet and fit for the Master's use. So He can use us then to build His work, His church, His kingdom. And so that, again, is the point of edification. And then one more time in Ephesians chapter 4 we see it. Look here, if you will, down to verse 29. Verse 29. He gets kind of specific about this. And again, the point of of edification, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. By the way, you know what that's called? Command. Just as much as the Ten Commandments are commands, there's one for you right there. Amen? One for us right there. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. So that's what, here's what that means. If we allow corrupt communication to proceed out of our mouth, guess what we're doing? We're sinning. Amen? Alright, but, okay, so here's the opposite of corrupt communication. But that which is good to the use of, here's the word, edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. So instead of our words being used as the, I love, I love God's terminology, by the way, corrupt communication, okay, instead of using our words to corrupt something, use our words for good to build up because when you do that, it ministers grace into the hearers. Amen? I mean, listen, folks, are people better off when they're, when, when they're around you or are they worse off? I mean, when you leave someplace, do, 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 you know, do people say to themselves or maybe say to others, man, I'm glad that person's out of here. I mean, that was taxing being around them. Or are they like, man, what a blessing. Man, that was, that, that was uh, I feel like a better person for that person being around. I mean, come on, folks, that's what it ought to be, amen? Because we're there to edify, we're there to build up. And then one more place and we'll be done for tonight. 1 Timothy chapter 1. 1 Timothy chapter 1. Man, I don't know about you, but when I, when I study these Bible principles, man, I get convicted, amen? Because you know what? I know that I'm not always what I ought to be in this area, but I sure want to be. Amen. Man, I'm telling you, as I preach, I'm getting convicted. And sometimes you think I'm just getting excited, but what's really happening is I'm getting convicted. Amen. First Timothy chapter one, verse four. This is the, uh, the verse we use as our text as we've been teaching on Sunday night. We started last week on uh, faulty philosophies. And, but notice what he says here. Neither give heed to fables and endless genealogies, which minister questions rather than Godly edifying, which is in faith, so do. So what God is saying here is this, alright? Instead of sitting around arguing and, and, and talking about things that are fables, and again, I can't believe how many fables people actually believe. That's exactly what they are. They're just fables. By the way, folks, alright? Do a little research when you start hearing people talk about certain things. Figure out what they, what they're talking about, where it came from. Find the origin. Okay. For example, you ever wonder where the JWs come from? You ever studied their origin? Okay. And figured out that their founder, by the way, it's interesting. They didn't come into being until about the late 1800s. So what happens to all those people who weren't JWs before 1890 when Charles Taze Russell came along? Okay. 
I mean, come on, folks. You start breaking this stuff down, and you start peeling the layers of the onion back, you know what you're going to find out? Fables. You know what we have that they don't? We can trace our founding all the way back to Jesus Christ. Amen? All the way back. And so we're banking everything we have on our faith and trust in Him. By the way, you know what? If, 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 if Jesus was a liar, He'd be the biggest con artist this world's ever seen. I mean, you think about how many people has given their lives for Him, everything that uh, people to this day give up for Him. If all, I mean, come on, folks. And, and by the way, we know that's not true. Amen. We know everything about the Lord is true and right. But let's just say, let's just say the Bible was wrong. What have you really lost anyway if you believed in it? I mean, hey, you get to live a life with peace, contentment, happiness. I mean, come on. I mean, you get, you know, you get that, that divine help. To, I mean, listen, folks, there's no way this thing's not true. Amen? There's no way. So understand what, where people, where they're coming from, all right? And don't get, listen, folks, and that's what you find out about people who, and that's why the Bible calls them uh, deceitful workers. Amen? They're good at what they say. Satan's a master at it. All right? And it sounds good. And it might even look good on the inside, but start digging a little bit. Start peeling the layers of the onion back and figure out where it came from. And you know what you're going to find out real quick? A lot of what most people in this world believe are fables. It's true. Fables, endless genealogies, which men are quest- which minister questions. Now notice here, so the opposite of that, and again, I think a lot of this is talking about the fact, because who it's written to, it's written to Timothy the preacher, the things ought to be coming from the pulpit, Amen. So what is it? What's the emphasis again? What should it be on? Godly edifying, which is in faith. Things that are solid and true and founded, which is the Word of God in faith. That's what we ought to be focused on. That's why it ends that verse with these two words. So do. So do. And that's what it ought to be about. Amen? And so... A lot more uh, things we can say. I by no means exhausted this word tonight, but I just wanted to take you a little bit of a journey through the Scripture and understand that part of our responsibilities to one another is to build up. Amen? To edify, to help, and to uh, help build up the body of Christ. And so let's be involved in this and let's fulfill our responsibilities as Christians one to another. Let's pray.